0: This is The Community Connection, a podcast from Community Baptist Church in South Bend, Indiana. The purpose of this podcast is to better equip our church family to do the ministry of the gospel where God has planted us. There's a rumor going around that you have composed a podcast song. Nasty group. Nasty rumors So I mean, it's true. not true
1: No, it's true It's true You have a podcast on It's not so much of like a song As much as it is like a A jingle Or a memorable Line or phrase Set to musical tones <laughs>
0: Is it the uh, is, it, is it the jingle That I made That begins the podcast
1: No uh, No, that's silly. It, it's uh, silly <laughs> This is a new one Yeah that's, This is not pre-made well, By we, AI Do Do <laughs>
0: Did uh, did Chat GPT write this song? No, actually,
1: no. funny Chat GPT story. A couple weeks ago, I was uh, you know a little brain dead in the office, and I was that working on a Sunday morning sermon the because time. I the the church where I pastor, the senior pastor was out of town that week. He was gone, and so I was preaching that morning and uh, Sunday mornings. So I had a lot on my that plate. That never it was, <laughs> And uh, so I went to Chat GPT and I said, "Please write me." A Protestant exegetical sermon from John 1 14. You did not. I did. You did and it not. You taught me a whole one. It was so great. I mean, it was only a three minute sermon, but it had like. Was it good? Yeah, it had like exposition and application to it. And it had like this pastoral tone. And uh, I mean, did, it was like four paragraphs long. So it was. So have, did
0: you use any of it?
1: No, not a, <laughs> not a word of it. But, you know, I've, I've gone to ChatGPT and they've spouted out heresy to me before. This was not one of those times because another time I went to chat GPT and I said, (laughs) write a Protestant Trinitarian hymn uh, that like explains the doctrine of the Trinity and uh, just to see how it would do. And it espoused some very ancient heresies within that. Some of the things it said were good, but it was like it was so funny because it was like this full on like 12 stanza poem about the Trinity that I got from chat GPT this one time. Yeah. Dude, it's fun stuff. Wow. Theologians and AI are hilarious combo. <laughs> well, we're talking about
0: spiritual gifts. Does does AI have a spiritual gift? <laughs> you better believe it does not. <laughs> Artificial intelligence. <laughs> you want to know why? Why? Tell me. Because it is not regenerate. It is not regenerate. It, it is, is
1: not the temple of the Holy Spirit. I think, its body is not a temple. If you can't
0: tell, I think Pastor Ben had some coffee today. Uh, not, and he's since, seen...
1: not since 7 o'clock this morning. Or maybe some sugar. This is the
0: joy of the Lord, Pastor Joe, and I'd encourage you not to get that confused. Well, Ben gets excited when we talk about spiritual gifts because he took a few notes to uh, reference for this podcast, and Mm -hmm. so we want to make sure we get through all those notes. Um, You know, I heard this story about spiritual (laughs) gifts. Not again. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay, we have three questions as we follow up on last week's podcast. Um, and this actually is a super rare thing because normally we say things like, you know, we're going to do a
1: podcast on the future and then we never and we do because it's a lot of work to go back and figure out what we promised people in the past. <laughs> <laughs> but in this rare
0: situation, for those
1: of you who have listened and you've been waiting for a podcast that we promised to do. It's not out of malice that we haven't done it. Just send that's us an right. email and
0: remind us that we said we would. That's right. And that email is bjquo at communitybaptist.com. And you can, uh, yeah. Any no, emails I would love you to do that. And yeah. that email address, you can send any forwards that you want. You can sign uh, that email address up for all sorts of uh, mailing lists, actually. <laughs> uh, ben loves to get stuff like that.
1: So. I get royalties and kickbacks from the church. When
0: he's not writing S as- asking chat gpt to write things he's reading all of his junk mail
1: real real comment um if you do have uh something you would like for us to talk about or if you have a question that you think i'd be interesting just to hear a conversation or discussion about this really do send an email to the church office or to myself and uh i can't guarantee it, but there's a good shot that we, that might come up at some point. We would love to uh, be able to answer any questions, make this as practical as possible for people. So send us your suggestions. And we'd love to hear from you. This podcast sponsored by ChatGPT, artificial intelligence, <laughs> not shepherding our church
0: yet. <laughs> okay, so so uh legitimate question for you. I had somebody ask me <laughs> not shepherding our church. Ever, I think is the way you should have put that. That's
1: the word I was searching for, and it didn't c- it just, quite get just, there in it time. It was just,
0: that's what I meant. I had somebody ask me if we were ever going to video our podcast and use it like a video cast. What are your
1: thoughts on that, dude? I'm all about it. You would I have played to the act- camera
0: super well. <laughs> You'd actually have to wear a shirt during the podcast, <laughs> though. <laughs> Sometimes during the summer pastor Ben likes to sunbathe while we're recording. We
1: <laughs> Just talking about what the summer dress code is around here. It's definitely like uh, flip-flops and khakis and a Hawaiian shirt. Maybe for you Hey, you could exercise why your don't you, too Why if don't you why don't you email
0: to. Pastor Ben what you think his summer dress code should be. That's a good idea. Okay, let's get to these questions on spiritual gifts. So we have we have Traipsed far and near, good and use wide. of the word. Traipsed, and I'm proud. And we are we are ready to dive into our topic for the day, and that is spiritual gifts, part two. Answering three questions. First question: How do I discover my spiritual gift? Second question: I can think of so many different ways you're going to answer that, which is stupid. Second question. Um, the question you emailed me literally just says develop spiritual gift.
1: <laughs> Listen, <laughs> so, it was just a brainstorm. You weren't supposed to read this on air. Oh, okay.
0: Tonight. And the last one is what in what context do I use my spiritual gift? What is it? What in the world is that second question?
1: Develop spiritual how gift. How can a person question develop mark? their spiritual gift? Oh, there you go. How can a person develop their spiritual gift? Is how it is right? that even a possibility? <laughs> gotcha. Because here's the here's the deal. I think that a lot of times
0: and Are you gonna uh, answer the second question before we answer the first? You better believe it. Okay, so let's start with the second question. Then. how
1: do I develop my spiritual gift? They didn't gift? know it was the second question anyway. <laughs> Let's right, start. We've got to start with discover because you got to discover yeah. it before you can develop it. Well, now we do. My momentum's gone. It's ruined. I don't know if I'll I'm ever sorry. come back to that thought again.
0: How do I discover my spiritual gift? Should I go online and take a test? Or if I'm scared away from taking a test, maybe a quiz? Uh, should I uh, look at my Enneagram? I don't really know what that is. I just know the word. Um, or maybe my love language. Is that my spiritual gift? How do I? You're you're just staring at me. How is, do I? It's one of
1: those twitchy moments, Joe.
0: <laughs> How do I discover my spiritual? Yeah. gift?
1: that's a great question. Um, it, it is a good question. I think there's a lot of unhelpful responses to that. I agree. Um, it, I, I, I think the most basic thing to remember with all of this is who is giving the gifts. The Holy Spirit gives the gift. The next question is, when does he give the gift? He gives the gift at conversion. And I think that we need to get away from this concept that there is a causal link between my personality and my spiritual gift. Hmm. Is it possible for there to be overlap? Of course. Yes. But the Lord is not the general manager of some team saying, boy, I really need somebody to save whose personality is charismatic and is good in front of people and would make a good pastor. Hmm. And then I'm going to go and save that person because they've got the personality I need in my church. That's not how the Lord works and operates. The Lord saves people purely by his grace. And then he, out of his own resources, equips them for however he deems it to best serve and fit the body. Maybe that coincides with their personality prior to their conversion, Maybe it doesn't, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I think there are enough examples, both in our experiences as sure. well as the scriptures themselves, that would indicate that the fact that there is overlap between personality and spiritual gift is not an indicator that my spiritual gift is a result of my personality. Sure. So, but if
0: I if I'm in a church, I agree with everything you said. If I'm in a church, and and I say, okay, I am. I'm trying to figure out how I can best serve this body. Like where where do I fit in? Am I a toe, am I a finger, am I a hand, am I I an eye, am I a nose, you know, am I a mouth? What is, what is my role here in this church? What do you
1: think, how would you encourage that person to take their first step? Right. The first step that I think that they should take is that they should not become emotionally committed to a, um, a, a, a a cut and dried answer to that. And here's what I mean by that. Here's what I mean by that. The Holy Spirit equips the body for itself. Mm-hmm. Every member is equipped to meet the needs of what that body is. That that individual local church. Yes. Yeah. Not, not every church has exactly the same needs, and every church, both in its development and in... Uh, its evangelism is uh, the spiritual gifts are in flux. They're shifting. You know, you've got new people being added to the church who have gifts. You have people who are leaving the church, being called to other ministries, or they're moving away for various reasons. And I think that through all of that, the Holy Spirit superintends the spiritual gifting of the church to be a reflection both of His provision for it as well as their own spiritual maturity. So, what I think that you should not do is say, I have to figure out with absolute certainty that my spiritual gift is blank by this time next week, and that this is going to be my spiritual gift for the rest of my life. I think the primary thing you need to think about is the Holy Spirit's going to give me my spiritual gift as a Christian, and it's going to be for the benefit of the body. So what I need to do is I need to look for ways to benefit the body, and in the doing of that, I'm going to have my spiritual gift revealed as the Holy Spirit grants me effective ministry meeting the needs
0: of the body. So let me give you a scenario and let's tie this into a little bit of a deeper, um, discussion on the doctrine of the church, right? So each, uh, each local congregation is whole and complete in itself. So we have the universal church or the Catholic church, which is when I say Catholic church, not the Roman church, but the Catholic church in time and space, all genuine believers. Right. And, and that is every genuine believer, since Pentecost, I believe is part of is part of the universal church, the Catholic Church. But then you have the visible representation of that universal church, which is the local body of believers. But each one of those local body of believers, as you referenced, and we talk about this in our membership class, is the whole in one place. So it's not as though we have a need at community that that Southside is gifted for. And so therefore some people at Southside have to come down. And help us out in order to make us complete, right? right. And God has promised that he gifts each individual church to meet the needs of their church. And we see that throughout the epistles. You know, God gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, teachers. You see that with the spiritual gifts as they're poured out in each individual body for that body. Right. right? And so... As a a church member, when I approach this concept of serving the local church, I need to approach that by saying there are needs in this body that God has brought me to meet because I am a part of this body. I am gifted to serve this body. And those needs might not be the same as those of your previous ministry. Yep, and that's the next step of saying this is an individual body
1: with individual needs, autonomous and unique. It is not outside the realm of possibility. That in you coming to be part of this body of believers, the Holy Spirit would actually change your spiritual gift to meet the needs of this body. And that was my next
0: question. It's like we're, we're, we're going down the same river together here, right? Because then the spiritual gifts you had mentioned are given at conversion, but are all the spiritual gifts given at conversion in seed form? I know we talked about spiritual gifts being an exemplary form of the fruit of the spirit, you know, um, but... It is, it's very possible that someone could move here from Arizona and the way they were serving in their church in Arizona in their spiritual gifting is not the same way they're going to serve in our church. And that doesn't mean they failed or this church is better or whatever. It means that God is using them to meet different needs. And here's how I would encourage someone. The first thing that I would encourage them is don't get so intent on serving in a specific role. Mm Mm-hmm that you tie that role as necessary for using your gifting in that way. Right, as if mm-hmm. the, the only way important.
1: to uh, exercise my spiritual gift is in the venue of mm-hmm. this ministry or that program. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's so important to distinguish between what a spiritual gift is in itself and the avenue in which it is able to be fleshed out. Yep. So, for instance, you know, a person could have – just a person might have a gift of teaching and, um, But that does not mean that their spiritual gift can only be exercised in the context of a fifth grade boys' Sunday school class. You know what I'm saying? So that's the deal with that. Or I have the gift of service, therefore, I must be the nursery director. Nobody can say that within the church because God gives you a gift to meet the needs of the body, Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, if the body doesn't have that as a particular need, it's not your right to determine the venue in which you serve the body. And I think one way that we could see this played out is with somebody coming and saying,
0: um, hey, we're new to the area, we just moved to the area, we're looking for a church where we can serve because I'm the church pianist. Right, right. And we're looking for a church that where needs I can a church be that. pianist, yeah. where I can be that because that's my spiritual gift. Or, um, you know, we just we just have enjoyed being youth sponsors for the past 15 years at our church down in Georgia. We just moved to South Bend. Yep. Um, we're looking for a church that needs youth sponsors because that's where God uses us. And we can say, well... I I think that's an inaccurate picture. You might say this is the desire that God's given us, the burden God's given us, that's fine. But to limit the outworking of your spiritual gifting into one specific scenario is, like you said, misunderstanding spiritual gifts and Mm -hmm. also pigeonholing yourself into a role that that may be better served god may have gifted someone else with a spiritual gift and that may be their avenue of serving in that way that god's given them and it's not a competition we're all here to serve in the way that the body needs the question first of all should be what does
1: this body need right and i think that it takes a huge burden off of our shoulders when we realize there is not one spiritual gift that cannot be exercised apart from a program. What I mean by that is there's not one spiritual gift within the church that needs a church program in order to succeed. Yep. Think about a person who has a gift of um, a, a gift of a gift of serving. Um, and you know, at one ministry, maybe they they oversee something something of a food pantry that ministers to the truly needy in the community, and they're they're ministering by by providing and organizing and administering those needs. They come to another church, and for whatever reason, there isn't such a ministry. There's not a need for such a ministry. Maybe because the church is already partnering with a food pantry, uh, you know, closer to the center of town or something like that. So they're not going to open one up in the church as part of a church's ministry. And the person gets so discouraged because they think this is my spiritual gift. Hmm. Um, But the reality is is that if your spiritual gift is serving and meeting needs, then you have an entire body of individual people that you can go and meet and get to know and say what are your needs and be a person who individually meets those needs. You think about teaching. It's like a person, if you have a gift of teaching, you're like, well, God has gifted me to teach children, but this church doesn't need any children Sunday school teachers, so I guess I just need to find another church. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Yep. There are families all around you who need godly people Ministering God's truth in their lives, you could talk to that family and those parents. Hey, I have a burden to be able to minister God's truth to children. What ways can I be a blessing to your family? What are some ways that I can help give you resources to train your children better? And so, when we recognize that in both teaching and serving, which as we talked about last time, is the uh, kind of the two exemplary gifts, you know, the ones under which everything else kind of falls in some way or another, um, we 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 recognize. That all of the gifts can function truly, effectively, and purely just through the relationships and discipleship ministries of the church. So, if somebody were to say, How do I
0: discover my spiritual gift? it's not as simple as just um, taking a quiz. You look at it and you say, Okay, what needs does my church have? How can I plug in and help in this way? And Lord, if there's a need, and there's nobody to step up lord maybe even praying lord would you gift me for that mm-hmm. okay so that's how we would discover a spiritual gift the qu- second question would be how do we develop that how, how do we how do we grow that like we would practice a golf swing or a baseball throw or or you'd practice a musical instrument in order to be proficient in that. How how would you develop a spiritual gift? Yeah. How would you how would you uh, would answer, how would you answer someone who would ask you that?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think it comes back again to what a spiritual gift is, because a spiritual gift is a Christian virtue that has been empowered for Christian service. Um, so a Christian virtue of meditation on God's word that the spirit then equips mm-hmm. in order to be able to explain that effectively to other people. Mm-hmm. So it's the a spiritual gift is the bridge between a spiritual fruit and uh, a, a spiritual action or skill. Gotcha. And yeah. so the way that we develop yeah. uh, a spiritual gift is through the both and of genuine spiritual growth and the intentional, uh, kind of taking of responsibility of the skill end of that gift. So let's take preaching as an example, cause it's something you and I can both talk about, um, and understand what we mean by it. I think we would both say that, um, the the primary way God has gifted us to be able to have the privilege of serving the church is by teaching God's word. That's what the church has asked us to do and asked you to do in particular on Sunday mornings is to open up God's word and God's gifted you for that. Yet at the same time, there's never been a day in your life when you thought, because God's gifted me to teach the word, I don't need to go get my doctorate in expository preaching. Now, why is that? Well, it's because of what Paul tells Timothy, the gift which is given you, You have to make use of it. Mm. It's the same thing that we describe in sanctification when we say that um, every victory that we obtain in our Christian life, every obedience that we accomplish is purely by the Spirit's power. But it's a spiritual power from God that we obtain by choosing with our wills to believe God. We, there's, there's this active cooperation with what God fully supplies. Mm-hmm. And so in our spiritual gifts, the same thing. What we're doing is we are embracing what God has given to us, and we are actively cooperating with His spiritual empowerment to make the most use of it, uh, to, to make the, the best, the best uh, uh, ministry that we can from it.
0: And I'll expand on that last phrase. My thoughts were, give yourself to the spiritual disciplines mm-hmm. of Bible reading, prayer, church attendance, fellowship with other believers, discipling relationships, and then um, serve. Practice your spiritual gift. You know, how do you get better at preaching? You preach. There's yeah. there is no one, I shouldn't say there's no one, I don't know of anyone who is an excellent preacher who's never preached or who almost never preaches. Right. You know, how do you how do you serve well? You practice serving. Yeah. How do you give yourself how, how do you develop the spiritual gift of hospitality? You serve and you and you be hospitable, you know, and as you do that, and as you serve and as you pray, and as the Holy Spirit changes your heart, you are giving that fuel for the spiritual gift. Now, let's ask this very
1: important question. We'll go on to this because we're running a little bit low on time. Well,
0: I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, that's
1: fine. I was just, I think the bottom line is your spiritual gift is not like a superpower that you can activate on and off at will. It takes careful maintenance through Mm -hmm. your own personal walk with God and through the development of the skills related to what that spiritual gift points towards. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the heart of it is the fact that anything the Lord gives, he can take away. So steward Mm -hmm. well what you have with all your heart.
0: For the time that you have it, steward it well, yeah. Okay, so uh, lastly, where do I use my spiritual gift? And this is probably... Other than how do I determine my spiritual gift, this concept is probably the most misunderstood and most misapplied of the whole spiritual gift conversation. Where do we practice, or where, for what purpose and in what context am I given spiritual gifts? And the answer is to be used as a tool and a blessing in your local church. Would you agree with that statement?
1: I would. I don't think that, A spiritual gift can only be used in the church, and I think you would say that as well. I would say
0: exclusively in
1: the church, not exclusively. But God's intention for you is to benefit the church, first and foremost, the one of which you are an active member. And the reason we know that is because when Paul talks about the spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, and he talks about how God has gifted the body, each for its own purpose, he's writing to the Corinthian church, and he's emphasizing that the Corinthians are gifted to benefit the spiritual life and direction of the Corinthians. And we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but Southside is not equipped to meet our needs. Mm -hmm. We can receive blessing from the spiritual gifts that are present at Southside or present at Trinity or Gospel City or places like this. But God has given the gifts to community to benefit community. Um, The Corinthians were not expected to go to Thessalonica to get the ears of their body, so to speak. The spiritual gifts that they had were intended to be the reflection of God's provision for that church. Does it mean that the Corinthians were therefore um, completely without need of any outside help or influence? No, absolutely not. They needed the preaching of Paul. They were expected to receive with hospitality and generosity and fellowship Mm -hmm. the brothers as they were traveling from various cities and to provide for their needs and to receive blessing from them, and likewise to have that mutual shared blessing. So spiritual gifts are for the benefit of the universal church, but are meant to primarily meet the needs of your local body believers.
0: Yeah, and the way that I like to kind of think
1: about it is this.
0: Your spiritual gifts are meant for your local church. However, God may choose, in His kindness and His grace, also use that gift to be a blessing to other believers who are in other local churches. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessary to accomplish a mission of the gospel in that local church. And so, and, and and why that's so, and why that's so nice is because it, um, in in your in, in someone's spiritual journey. To carry around the burden that every person in in the Indiana area, every Christian needs what I have to offer is overwhelming, right? There's no way. But to recognize I've been placed in this church and this church is my responsibility is manageable and doable. But it's also a blessing to know, well, in a day in a day and age where because of worldwide travel or because of technology or or whatever more people can receive a blessing from the way that God's gifted me that's also encouraging too but that doesn't come with the burden of saying if I don't do this then then I'll give I will give an account for being a poor steward of my of my gift because it's not being utilized you know, to, to the greater church as a whole. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. And, and I don't want to be, I, I don't want to be confusing in that, but I think it carries with it a blessing. It, if my spiritual gift is used outside my local body, that's a blessing. Yeah. But I don't carry the burden of saying I, I must do this in order right. to get the give health the of the, the, world the worldwide gift. church depends on me yep. somehow. Yep. 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 No, we can't, we can't it's a blessing. We don't have to, we don't have to bear that burden
1: spiritual gifts. There's a lot, a lot to think about here. Yeah. And I wish we had a resource on this. Do you know of anything? I have looked and looked and been unable to find something. I wrote down a few notes of my own, um, (laughs) a booklet, a pamphlet. If, if you would like a copy, I would give you my thoughts on it in written form. Yes. You have to write me directly. If if you've not
0: read what Ben has written, I would highly recommend it for this reason. Ben not only gives incredible biblical truth, uh, but he also gives examples and case studies of people that, uh, that will help put, um, kind of put this teaching into practice and go, oh, I get it now that I kind of see it that way. So I highly recommend that book and uh, wish we could get a sponsorship from Ben's publisher but that hasn't happened yet. And so maybe, <laughs> maybe if we'll I get look, a publisher one day, yeah. maybe we'll look for next week right Yeah. <laughs> Spiritual gifts serve your local church. And, uh, and watch God use you to build his kingdom.